Good morning and welcome to another episode of the Christian Underground News Network. I'm your host, Kurt Chamberlain, along with your co-host, Pastor Dick Chamberlain. And uh, once again, uh, since it's Tuesday, uh, we have a special guest with us. Uh, Dr. J.B. Hickson has agreed to join us again this Tuesday. We're, we're blessed and excited to have him aboard. And uh, we're going to be talking about some uh, what, what we consider to be some critically important issues, uh, uh, issues of the day. And uh, we're going to be talking about a little bit about government. And uh, JB, I'm, I'm glad you're with us today. I, I listened to your, uh, to your sermon, uh, Red, White, and Bad, the other day. And, and I'll tell you what, I, it, it really kind of hit home. And, uh, and uh, I'm sure there's a lot of questions out there as to uh, whether or not we need to begin fearing what our government's doing instead of, I mean, this is a country that I love. I served it. Uh, in the military for many years, and uh, and uh, so I have a, a special affinity for for the country, and and uh, as I'm sure a lot of folks do, and uh, I never would have thought that uh, we would need to begin fearing what our government is, is planning to do, or going to do, or is in uh, active uh, process of doing. But uh, it, it appears that we we may need to begin doing that. Is that correct? We may need to start fearing what they're doing. Well, absolutely, Kurt. And uh, by the way, thank you for your service. And uh, thank you for uh, having me back on. It's always a pleasure. And uh, this is a pretty heavy topic that we're going to be addressing today. Um, you know, many we, we have a problem in the Christian community in the United States of America. And I run up against it again and again and again. And it really uh, frustrates me. Uh, but it just makes me want to proclaim the truth all the more. Amen. And that problem is, is is what I call American exceptionalism, where we tend to see uh, the scriptures through the lens of our country instead of seeing our country through the lens of scripture. Right. And because of that, because of that sort of narrow Western American viewpoint, uh, a lot of believers who are, you know, conservative, they love the Word of God, they love our Lord. Uh, nevertheless, they have taken a false view, uh, most often unwittingly, of uh, Romans 13, and they have this uh, impression that we are to obey the government at all costs. And, you know, whether they realize it or not, when they take that view, they are appealing to the divine right of kings argument that was used during the dark ages and led to some of the most horrific human atrocities in history. And, uh, you know, when, when well-intentioned believers appeal to the Romans 13 passage as some type of universal obey the government at all costs mandate, what they're doing again, unwittingly many times is aligning themselves with the likes of George Hegel, the grandfather of communism who argued that government is a divinely sanctioned institution that can do anything it pleases and speaks for God, and therefore people must submit and obey uh, all governments, uh, no matter what they're telling you to do. And that is uh, simply uh, not true. And that argument's been used by every tyrant uh, since Jesus' day, right. uh, including, right. by the way, Adolf Hitler. Mm -hmm. And uh, so... You know, what people don't understand is that the Luciferians that we talked about a couple 
uh, episodes ago, uh, a couple weeks ago, uh, that are really pulling the strings and trying to usher in the one world system and set the stage for the, the reign of the Antichrist. They have actually often throughout history used the church as, uh, you know, again, unwitting pawns in the game uh, to advance their agenda. Uh, in fact, a lot of people are not aware, but shortly after 9-11, the government instituted a, a little-known uh, program called uh, the Clergy Response Team, the Clergy Response Team, in which they solicited uh, selected pastors, uh, typically from larger churches, but not always. There are thousands of people, of pastors, that have participated over the last 20 years in uh, the clergy response team. I've known some, I've seen their card that they get. And what these pastors receive is remuneration in response, in exchange for uh, promoting from their pulpits this false view of Romans 13, uh, in which they try to get their people to say, uh, or to, to, you know, to believe that their government can do no wrong, governments are always right, their government would never hurt you, just sit back, be quiet, and do what you're told. And uh, so this is a real problem, and, you know, we get into this in my DVD, Red, White, and Bad, when the country we love becomes the country we fear, and as you mentioned, um, you know, that is uh, available on our website either as a DVD or as a digital download, uh, so you can just go to notbyworks.org and you'll see it there, uh, click on the store, and it'll take you to our store, where we have a, a number of... Uh, DVDs that address uh, these types of issues. We have one entitled Christians and Civil Disobedience uh, that I uh, produced in Illinois uh, several years ago during a conference there. Uh, we have uh, one called The Great Last Day's Deception, uh, which is also a book uh, in which I address uh, this issue of America and how we have a long history of uh, not always being benevolent in, in, in our government uh, decrees and decisions. So, uh, but what I'd like to do, you know, today is is basically take us to Romans 13 and dispel these false notions that, you know, that passage demands, uh, you know, absolute obedience in all circumstances to uh, to the government. All right, that sounds so, that sounds great, JB. Uh, take it away. Let us let us go to Romans 13 and uh, and let us know uh, uh, if you would please. Um, and I'm sure you'll get to it if civil disobedience is ever allowed and in, in what cases and what are the limitations? Absolutely. And, you know, and, and it absolutely is, you know, allowed that's, uh, you know, that's for sure. We've seen that throughout history and we see examples of it, uh, in, uh, scripture, but you know, we wouldn't be here today if, if our forefathers hadn't taken a stand against a tyrannical uh, government and, Jesus himself taught his disciples that sometimes self-defense from evil is necessary, Luke 22, 36. And so, mm -hmm. um, but in Romans 13, of course, written by uh, the Apostle Paul, uh, Romans, just to put it in context, uh, you know, written 56, 57 uh, AD after Paul's third missionary, or on Paul's third missionary journey, I should say, during it. And uh, obviously Romans is, is chock full of critical, important uh, doctrinal truths, especially related to our great salvation in Christ. Um, the first three chapters uh, deal with uh, our sin and our desperate situation, being separated from a holy God by sin. Chapters four and five uh, provide the remedy where 
God commendeth his love toward us and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Mm-hmm. Chapter six through eight talk about, you know, what we should do now that we are a believer and how we should live in the new man and not after the flesh and, um, and just the whole sanctification and, and spiritual maturity process. Chapters nine through 11 are all about Israel. And Paul addresses the relationship between Israel and God's plan of the ages and, you know, whether or not he has forsaken Israel entirely, which of course he hasn't. And, talks about how ultimately uh, when Israel, when individual Jews believe the gospel and are declared righteous, they will then as a nation uh, cry out to God, call on the name of the Lord and be delivered into the kingdom. We we see that in Romans 11. But then the very last section of Romans chapters 12 to 16 is where we find this critical uh, focal passage that again has been ripped out of context. So uh, reading from the New King James uh, here, just for those who may want to follow along, Uh, Chapter 13, verse 1 begins, Let every soul be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except from God, and the authorities that exist are appointed by God. Now, if you just uh, take that, you know, at quote-unquote face value without any context, without comparing Scripture with Scripture, without an understanding uh, of God's uh, overall plan in the world and the presence of evil in the world, if you look at that verse uh, simply through the lens of America, which most people think, by and large, has has been uh, you know well governed, and and for the most part it has. Obviously, we're the greatest nation on earth. We have a gospel-rich nation that has done much to advance the good news of Jesus Christ. Um, but the fact is, uh, and let me read it again: Let every soul be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except from God, and the authorities that exist are appointed by God. So if we take that without consideration of other passages of Scripture and without a a realistic look at history, then that would mean God ordained Hitler, God killed millions of Jews and other Christians, God ordained Pol Pot and Mao and uh, Stalin and, uh, you know, all of these other horrific, tyrannical leaders, Alexander the Great and uh, the, the tyrannical governments that are talked about in Daniel are all... You know, God's that's God's in favor of that. God's the author of evil. You get into all sorts of problems. Does this mean that Chinese citizens should abort their babies because the government says so? That North Korean citizens today should stop worshiping and praying and carrying Bibles because their government says so? So it's a very naive view. And I want to point out that, you know, Paul does not say, let every soul obey the governing authority. Right. He says, be subject. Mm-hmm. You know, subjection or submission is different than obedience. The subjection and submission involves placing oneself under the authority of another so that he or she recognizes that if he doesn't do what they say, he's accountable and he may suffer uh, the consequences. So submission can include obedience, but it's more of an attitude it's from a, which obedience comes forth. It, it's a free will. De- it's a free will decision, correct? Absolutely. Submission is a free will decision, and it involves an attitude of compliance, uh, and, and, uh, and basically the Christian uh, at times may have to disobey the government when the government is doing evil and being led by a satanic Luciferian agenda. And in those cases, we may have to solve the consequences. You know, millions of Christians over the last 2,000 years have have paid the ultimate price of martyrdom and been imprisoned and persecuted, including Paul himself, right. because they chose not to obey the government. So, yes, there's a sense in which yeah, we live in an age where human government, civil government, is part of God's divine plan, 
and you cannot just uh, flippantly uh, thumb your nose at God's system and live on an island. Uh, you have to live within your cultural setting. But being subject and submissive does not mean that you obey the government uh, more than God. Uh, and so when the government uh, is not uh, doing things that are in our best interest, uh, we have certainly the right and I believe the obligation to, to, to not obey it. Um, and so this also gets into a larger principle of the law. You know, Jesus said um, the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. And, you know, we need to understand that if we take this legalistic view that every time we break a law, somehow we're sinning, that's very naive. You know, sin is an attitude of the heart. And, you know, if you're, if you're a son or daughter or wife or friend is dying of a heart attack and you're rushing them to the hospital and you exceed the speed limit, you're not sinning against the holy God. You're, you're making an educated, critical thinking decision to do what's best in that situation to, to get them to the hospital. And, uh, you know, same thing with on a much greater scale with some of these you know, issues today. Uh, you know, God has established three institutions to help us function in life, uh, the family, mm -hmm. the civil government, and the church. Yes. But above all, our first priority is to God. Amen. You know, God created Adam. Adam was accountable to God. And uh, that's our number one priority. So the fact that these uh, civil, that these institutions of family, civil government, and the church uh, exist doesn't mean they have carte blanche. So just as a wife is the same term is used, by the way, of, of submission is to submit to the husband as the leader in the family. If that husband is abusive or physically abusive or spiritually abusive or uh, committing crimes or living in sin, of course that wife should not submit to that. Uh, and, and similarly, when the government uh, goes astray and is roughshod over our rights, our unalienable rights, by the way, uh, that the creators gave us, uh, then we have an obligation to obey uh, God first. Uh, so, you know, if you read on in this passage, chapter uh, 2, uh, or verse 2 tells us, Therefore, whoever resists the authority resists the ordinances of God. That's true. If you resist the government, you are fucking a system that God has put in, put in place. But it doesn't mean that it's wrong to do that. Uh, and those who resist will bring judgment on themselves. In other words, you'll face the consequences. Uh, now, verse 3 says, For rulers are not a terror to do good works, but to evil. You want to be unafraid of authority, do what is good, and you will have praise from the same. The problem, of course, is that rulers are sometimes, in fact, I would say often today, a cause of fear for those who do right, not just for those who do wrong. In fact, in our country, you know, they, they basically aid and abet those who are doing wrong and punish Christian conservatives who are standing for what's right, mm -hmm. you know? So what do you do in that situation? Uh, well, when a government authority abuses its powers, then you must obey God first. That's the fundamental uh, principle. Amen. Paul was talking about the norm. You know, the normal situation would be that a, a good government does good things and punishes evil and rewards good. But obviously, rebellion, uh, you know, a government that rebels against God cannot be accepted. And history has shown that many times Christians have, through revolution, 
uh, have had to do the right the, the right thing in a tough situation and rebel against their governments. I mean, it just you know it really is discouraging to me to see so many Christians think that we've got to obey our government because it tells me two things. Number one, they don't understand an overall worldview of Christianity around the globe. Mm-hmm. They don't understand that we have brothers and sisters in Christ who right now are facing unspeakable torture and martyrdom uh, because their governments are tyrannical. Right. But secondly, and this is even to me even more important, it tells me that these believers don't understand our own government. And somehow they think that you know Washington, D.C. is immune to the depravity of man. And, you know, we understand intellectually uh, the likes of Stalin and Hitler and Pol Pot, but somehow we think that, well, that would never happen here, that our people would never do that. And what they don't understand is that you know, Washington, D.C. is a cesspool of satanic ritual abuse and Satan worshiping and pretty evil people. Not all, of course. There are uh, every, like every two years, we get some freshman patriotic congressmen, many of them believers, who come to D.C. hoping to make a difference and be, uh, you know, enact biblical, biblically uh, principled decisions. But it doesn't take long for them to be co-opted, bribed, bought, paid for, or you know, one termed out because it is a corrupt, broken system. And if all we needed to do to uh, make our country a better place was elect Christian Republicans to office, then we've had plenty of opportunity in my lifetime alone, mm-hmm. uh, where we've had a Republican control of Congress and Senate and the White House. And even today, we have a, allegedly a six to three control of the Supreme Court. So why haven't we overturned Roe v. Wade? Why haven't we stopped gay marriage? Why haven't we overturned Obamacare? Uh, because it's a controlled system. There is a deep state, uh, a Luciferian conspiracy that comes straight out of scripture. Uh, Psalm 2 comes to mind. And uh, so we need to understand that in some cases, our government will enact uh, decisions. And in Red, White, and Bad, in that DVD, I get into uh, how the Constitution, particularly the Bill of Rights, is being shredded and uh, how you know, you know, what do we do when our when our founding fathers said we have unalienable rights given by our Creator, and yet our government today in 2021 is telling me I can't speak out against uh, LGBTQ, or if I do, I'll be banned from YouTube, uh, and before long we'll be imprisoned. In Canada, they're already imprisoning pastors for speaking the truth, uh, or our government says, you know, I've got to pay, use my tax money to kill babies. You know, what do what do you do with that? Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, you know, I feel like uh, people need to really get to know their Bible a little better rather than just spouting off these bumper sticker proof texts from Romans 13 and say, you know, well, I've got to obey God. You know, at the end of this passage, we'll go back to verse 5 first. He says, therefore, and of course, therefore, sort of summarizing what he said in the previous four verses, you must be subject, again, not obey, but be in submission. And then he gives two reasons. He says, you know, there are two considerations when deciding whether or not to uh, obey uh, obey or submit. Uh, He says, first of all, uh, because of wrath, in the context where he's talking about the wrath of the government, Mm -hmm. you know, in other words, sometimes the government puts in place rules uh, that have serious consequences to help keep order. You know, if you murder, you're probably going to be 
going away for a long time or may possibly even face the death penalty, which is completely biblical. So, so consider the wrath of the government as you decide whether to be subject. But notice he says, but also for conscience sake, which is to say, do not submit to the government when your conscience, that is God's conviction, tells you otherwise. Uh, and people miss that. And then he sums it up in verse 7, render therefore to all their due. And this is where people, again, don't read the verse in context. Taxes to whom taxes are due, customs to whom customs. Notice this, fear to whom fear, and honor to whom honor. In other words, sometimes honoring God and fearing God means not submitting to the government. There are a lot, there's a lot going on in this passage that when taken in context, and you understand you know, the, the broader a principle of you know, obeying God, not man, like Peter and John, for example, and in, in, uh, let's see, uh, Acts 4 and 5, uh, you know, where they said, we must obey God, not man. Uh, or Paul in Galatians 1, when he says, am I trying to please men or God? You know, my first task is to please God. And uh, so when understood in that light, Romans 13 makes a whole lot more sense than saying that some Christian in a tyrannical government, which most governments are overtly tyrannical, America has been more secretly tyrannical, but it's becoming more overtly. When they start going door to door and sticking needles in your arms, um, you know, that's, uh, that's tyrannical. Or in Texas, and presumably in many other states now, for several years, and I talk about this in in uh, one of those videos I mentioned, I think Red, White, and Bad, or uh, possibly uh, Great Last Day's Deception, in Texas, imagine this, you're, you're, you know, I don't know, let's say 70 years old, you're driving down the highway on a weekend, and it's particularly windy outside, and so for, for a moment, you're not really uh, holding a tight on the wheel, and your car drifts just for a moment into across the center straight, straight but you immediately get it, and you, and after just a split second, you're back into your lane, and you only crossed over the lane, let's say, by a, maybe a foot at the most. No danger, no harm, just, you know, your car caught a wind gust, and you, and you pulled, you know, you, uh, you went in the, the other lane briefly. Uh, well, if there's a trooper sitting on the side of the road that saw that, in Texas, uh, during certain weekends, when they announce it on these big highway signs, literally, he has the right to pull you over, Pull your arm out of the window, mm -hmm. stick a needle in it, and take blood, and you cannot refuse. That is correct. You cannot I, refuse. Uh, as, as, yeah. a, as a former resident of Texas, I can vouch for that. Yep, it's called no refusal blood warrants. That's right. And the way it works and the way they get around the constitutional issues is that on those weekends, and they, they send it out via Facebook and put it on the local news and they put it on highway signs, so you're forewarned, they say. Uh, but when they pull you over for allegedly potentially driving drunk, uh, the, the officer has a, a judge who's on duty at that moment on speed dial. He calls him up and says, hey, judge, I got a hot one here. I need a warrant to take blood. The judge says, go after, go for it. No problem. And just like that, if you refuse, they're going to they're gonna take you to jail. And literally oh, right, right down the side of the road, they're drawing blood. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, these are the types of tyrannical things that Christians have allowed to creep in. And now we're, we're going to be told you've got to take an experimental injection that so far 7,000 people in the United States of America 
we know for a fact on documented record have died because of the vaccine. Mm-hmm. Tens of thousands more have suffered serious injury. And by the way, that they say that that represents only 10% of the actual deaths and injuries that oh. have been reported. Most of them aren't reported. Right, and, um, yet, and yet they're still touting this thing is safe. Oh, yeah, absolutely. No, it's an experimental injection. It was re- received emergency FDA approval, which is by definition means it was never tested. Right. <laughs> if it had been tested, it, right. would, it would go through years of testing. Sure. Uh, and already, just in the first six or eight months, we're seeing devastating effects uh, yeah. uh, you know, on the fertility system of both men and women, on the hearts of young teenage boys. Uh, myocarditis is exploding uh, right now, no pun intended. And so... We're seeing serious problems, to say nothing of what we, what we might find 6, 8, 10, 12 years from now when they've had time to, to see how the guinea pigs in this test, which is you and me, uh, shake out over time. So, But what I'm leading up to here is that right now, at least ostensibly, it is voluntary, but, but it is fast becoming mandatory. Uh, they've just made it mandatory in the military. And yes. uh, this fall, and many servicemen and women, and I know, Kurt, you, you would certainly uh, uh, resonate with this, uh, are deciding to retire or take early retirement or even take uh, uh, a dishonorable discharge because they're refusing to take it. That's right. And this is by design. You know, they want, in order, the Luciferians, in order to usher in the New World Order and the One World System, Satanic System, they have to destroy America. They've been writing about it for years. They've been talking about it. It's their satanic credo called Order Out of Chaos. The one country that's been standing in the way of their total global prison state dominance is the United States of America because of its historic freedoms and its Christian principles. So they've got to destroy us to do that. And one way to do that is to decimate our military. And Mm -hmm. one way to do that is to give... Uh, all of our military a very dangerous experimental injection and at the same time have many of our God-fearing patriotic uh, constitutional uh, military service members quit. <laughs> yeah. So, oh, yeah. uh, I mean, these are these are troubling times for sure. They, they certainly are. And I'm glad you brought up a couple of those examples, JB. Uh, I remember, you know, when I served uh, in Desert Storm back in 1991, uh, we were called uh, we had a meeting one day our commander called a meeting out in the middle of the desert and and said hey we've got great news uh, we have been able to obtain an experimental anthrax vaccine you know at the time that was the big fear that saddam had some anthrax tipped scuds and things of that nature and they said we're uh, you you can voluntarily take this now we don't know what the side effects will be but uh, we, we think that it'll lessen the severity of, of the effects of dying from anthrax, uh, you know, exposure. And uh, boy, I, I'll tell you what, I was the first in line to say, no, thanks. Uh, yeah. You know, it, it just it just didn't make any sense to me to, to do that. And, and uh, so we see that going on now, basically. It's being offered. And um, you're going to have a lot of takers, and you're going to have some that are going to say no way. So 
Yeah, I, I know we're coming up on a break here, but when we, we come are. back, I want to talk about how they've used the military many times for oh. guinea pigs. Oh, many, many times. And yeah, I'd like to discuss that too. And uh, also, uh, maybe in our next half hour, we can discuss some of the limitations of civil disobedience, if there are any, and in, in what cases can we utilize it. So, so let's take a, a brief break, uh, JB, and then uh, if you'll if you'll hang with us for a few minutes, uh, we'll get this first half hour published, and we'll begin our our second half hour. Yeah, and uh, JB, uh, he didn't take the anthrax vaccine, <laughs> and and he, no. and he didn't get sick, but uh, he he also didn't get better looking. Yeah, that yeah. <laughs> for, Nothing will help me there, JB, I'm afraid. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and by the way, we've got about a minute and 15 seconds left in this first half hour. Uh, this is Dick speaking. But uh, we, uh, uh, when I'm, I am awaiting uh, government people to come to my door, and you might want to address how, I, how I'm going to deal with it. Uh, I think I'll just say this is my body, so it's my choice, and it's my house. So <laughs> yeah. you're my house, so you're uh, you're uh, uh, tra- you know trespassing, and uh, I'm flying the flag uh, under which uh, I believe in the Constitution. I think I'm going to address it that way, but you uh, you give me a uh, you'll give me some uh, wisdom on that. So we're I would love to talk about that. Okay, we're. We're about to the end of this half hour, and so thanks for being with us, and and, uh, we've got to reboot our computer, and we'll be back in just a few seconds. All right. Thanks, uh, JB. We'll we'll come back in a couple minutes with JB Hickson, so please uh, tune in to part two of our podcast. Uh, We will be with you in just a few moments.